good morning, everybody. Morning. Good morning. You guys doing all right this morning? Anyone? No? Oh, good. I'm doing good. Um, hey, excited to be with you guys this morning and worship together. If you're joining us online, uh, thanks for tuning in this morning. Um, we're going to sing and just have a great morning together. So uh, if you are able to and comfortable, why don't we stand up together as we sing?
Lord of 
have a seat. Well, good morning, church. It's been a while. <laughs> it's so good to see everybody. Um, this morning, we're going to continue our worship by taking the Lord's Supper together. The song Cornerstone is a great reminder to us of his power to uphold us and to sustain us. The cornerstone is traditionally the first stone laid for a structure and with, um, with other stones laid in reference. So what a great picture of what Jesus is, who Jesus is, the first stone, the first to die and raise again. And it is the rock upon which the weight of the entire structure rests. Again, another beautiful picture of who Jesus is. So as our cornerstone, we trust his power to to preserve us through the storms of life, for we all know there will be storms. There will be cancer. There will be illness. There will be unemployment. There will be loss. There will be earthquakes. There will be hurricanes. There will be depression. There will be COVID. There will be terrorism, persecution. And now that I've brought the house down, I'm going to bring it up. Because he is our cornerstone. He is our cornerstone. And as our cornerstone, Jesus is more than able and he is willing to walk with us through the storms we will inevitably encounter. We have a cornerstone. This is a glorious truth we get to celebrate right now as we take the Lord's Supper together. And the Lord's Supper is incredibly important. And it's, it was so, it's so important to our spiritual life because it's Jesus that instigated the Lord's Supper. As he sat with his disciples the night before he went to the cross, he broke bread and he, and he took a drink and he said, This is my body and this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me and that's what we're going to do right now is we're going to remember and we're going to worship so it's really important that as jesus invites us to the table that we come with humble hearts that we come with a heart full of praise and thanksgiving and worship for who he is and what he's done and in light of that, in 1 Corinthians, it says, Apostle Paul says that anyone who participates in the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of Christ. So before we come to the table to participate, we want to make sure that our hearts are clean before him, that there's nothing distancing us between, between us and him. Because we want, when we come into his presence, And we're thanking him. We want our hearts to be pure. And so I'm going to give you a moment to do that. And what that looks like is you just simply bow your heads and you ask God to point out anything that is distancing him from you or you from another person. And then you confess it. And then you say, God, I'm sorry. And let that forgiveness wash over you. And then we come to the table. And then we worship. And then we honor him and we celebrate him for who he is, our cornerstone, and what he has done. So I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a moment. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to 
Um, after we've had that moment, I'm going to ask everybody to come forward to get the elements. And just a little reminder, it's a little cup, and at the top you peel it off, and there's a little wafer, and then the, the juice is underneath, and just logistics. But more importantly, it's what it represents, right? The body and the blood of Christ. And once we gather those and we sit back in our seats, we'll actually take the elements together, and I'll lead you through that. But right now, what I want you to do is I want you to bow your heads, and I want you to, to picture him on his throne. And I want to see you pointing him to the cross. He's pointing you to the cross where there's forgiveness. And I want you to remember who he is and what he's done and thank him for that. You see, um, it's time to let his love cover all things in your life. Every broken promise, every harsh word, every disappointment, his love covers all things. So come to the table after a moment. Come to the cross. And allow his love to cover it all. So right now, go ahead and bow your heads, and I'll give you a few moments to connect with your God. And when you're ready, feel free to come forward and get the elements. We'll start with the loaf. 
On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much just for your presence here this morning. There's nothing more we desire, Lord, than just to be in your presence. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for being our cornerstone, the first. And Jesus, today we just honor you. We love you. We worship you. We thank you for being with us through the storms because you are Lord of all. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Declare it this morning. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. One more time, sing it out. Yeah, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves God, this morning we worship you. God, we thank you for that love. God, the love we don't deserve. Um, God, but we, uh, you love us right where we're at. God, no matter what we do, no matter where we go, God, we turn around and you're right there saying, I'm right here. God, this morning we just give these moments to you. God, give this time and this space. God, we love you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Good morning, everybody. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That was incredibly graceful. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow, way to ruin a moment. Okay. I'm glad he loves me. Okay. I'm a wreck. Okay. So, my name's Jen. I came up here like a wrecking ball. Um, I'm so sorry. What a klutz. Okay. So, um, I just wanted to share something that just came to me while Carolyn was talking about the cornerstone. Is the verse, a verse that kind of, it's not the cornerstone, But another version that I love that talks about Jesus and how he's our rock and our anchor, and that's Hebrews 6.19. It's one of my favorite verses. 
And it says, um, this hope is, wait a minute, why am I, I'm losing my mind this morning. Wait a minute, how does my verse go, my version? Never mind. I'll, it'll, well, I've, I've totally lost it now that I've kicked the lights over. Okay, I will, when I think of it, I will tell you guys what it, it talks about him being um, basically our anchor in all the storms of life, okay? And I envision him as like a lighthouse. You know how the lighthouse is like stands firm in the midst of a storm and it guides the sailors home. That's how, thank you. you yes. I have it, like I have it on my wall and for some reason I, I lost it when I kicked the lights. Thank you. Okay. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Okay. And this is a little bit different than the one I have memorized, but we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. So basically, that's this tattoo that I have here is based on that verse. And if you see, there's an, there is an anchor at the bottom, and then it goes into a lighthouse. And so the lighthouse is, to me, is Jesus. He is my lighthouse. He is my anchor. He's what I go to. He's what I follow. He is what protects me. He is what keeps me grounded. He's what keeps me centered, like our cornerstone, like Carolyn shared. So... Sorry, I'm doing a horrible job this morning, but please bear with me. Okay, so all of you at Facebook and YouTube, I'm glad you got to laugh at me tripping over stuff. We want to welcome you as well this morning. We're glad you're here. Um, So one of the things that we love doing is connecting as a church, okay? If you haven't checked out a small group yet, we would encourage you to do that. It's a great way to grow in your faith, especially if you're new to the faith. And you're like, what is this whole church thing about? What does this whole relationship with God look like? Well, relationship with God, a lot of it is relationship with people because he uses people a lot of times. He uses relationships. So uh, we have different ways for you to connect. Right now we have a men's group going on every, is it Tuesday or Monday night? Monday night's here at what time? 7 o'clock. Pastor Gary is leading that. If you're a guy and you would like to join other men and talk about your faith and how to live that out. Join Pastor Gary here Monday nights. Also on Tuesday nights via Zoom, Carolyn's doing a, a women's study about prayer, which is an awesome, awesome thing that we all need to be working on. And uh, it, that is on Zoom on Tuesday nights. Um, we also have other ways to connect, and that's through serving. Um, we are in really great need of some technical people in the back. If you're interested in computers, or any of that, which is definitely not my specialty. But if that's something that you love to do, we would love to hear from you. We can train you and teach you how to do that. We'd love to see you using your skills that God has given you. If you love working with kids, we have a great children's ministry back there. We have a great team of people, but we would always love more. And so if you're interested in that, please let let us know, and we can help you get plugged in. We also have a youth ministry that meets here every Wednesday night. If you love teenagers... I mean, some people consider them unlovable. I love them, okay? I love teenagers. If you're a person that loves teenagers, come join us on Wednesday nights, 7 to 8.30. If you have a teen, please bring them. They need connection, too. Um, Sorry. Okay. So um, you can find ways to serve by either talking to someone here today, or you can go on our SVC app, or you can go on our website at SVC. I'm so sorry. SolanoValleyChurch.org. Okay. Sorry. I am just a mess today. All right. So I also have an exciting announcement. We are going to be doing a baptism on April or April. See, look at August 12th. Or September. My gosh. What is wrong with me? Okay. I think my husband put something in my coffee this morning. (laughs) 
Okay. Oh my gosh. You, good grief. Okay. August or September. See when I go again. September 12th. Thank you. We are going to be doing a baptism right here on this stage. We have a magical tub that raises up from underneath. No, just kidding. We do have something that we'll set up with water in it. Um, and we can't promise it'll be really warm, but it should be warm enough. Right, Matt? Okay, good. All right. So if you haven't made the choice to be baptized yet and you have more questions, please talk to Pastor Gary, Pastor Matt. Uh, baptism basically is an awesome thing if you haven't experienced it. It's making our public uh, announcement that we have chosen to follow Jesus. If you've chosen in your heart and had that prayer that time with him, that's awesome. But we, as a community of believers, we want to share in that excitement with you. And we want to know about it. And how do we do that? We get baptized. We jump right in. When you read the Bible, people that chose to believe, they just jumped right in the water. Like, they didn't even think about it. They were like, baptize me right now, okay? Jesus isn't expecting you to do that. However, he would love for you to do that. And, and it kind of symbolizes shedding off our old life, our old self, and being reborn as a new believer. I know for me, when I got baptized, it was one of the greatest days of my life. And so I would encourage you all to participate in that because it is life-changing. Um, we are going to turn now to our offering time. Uh, we have the honor and privilege of worshiping God with our tithes and offerings. We believe giving is an act of worship because it honors and glorifies God. It gives us a chance to support the church's mission of making disciples, and we get to participate in seeing people's lives change as, as those disciples become more and more like Jesus. We can't do anything here without the generous offerings of everybody here, everybody in Facebook and YouTube. The church does not exist without you. So we need your support in continuing God's mission on this earth. So um, if there's several ways that we can give, we can go on solanovalley.org backslash giving. You can, and on that, you can actually set up for it to auto, automatically do it every month at a certain time. It's very easy. Um, you can tap give on the SVC app. You can send a check to 1307 Oliver Road, Fairfield, California, 94534. You can actually text the word GIVE to 707-883-3019, or you can write a check and deposit it in a little silver slot on the back wall back there. Um, So it is now my honor to welcome Pastor Gary. Please don't trip on the lights. Okay, thank you, guys. All right, fantastic. Thank you so much, Twinkle Toes. I appreciate all of that. I'm just kidding. Jen, you are fantastic. Hey, I love your tattoos. I love what they mean. I, I do. I, I think they're really special. Uh, real quick, I want you to know, uh, just in case nobody has told you today yet, I love you, okay? So I want you to know I love you, and I want you to know more than that, that God loves you. And uh, and the reason I say this, a couple reasons, is, uh, first of all, what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to turn to a person next to you, if you have to yell across to them, that's okay to yell in church. But I just want you to tell them, hey, I'm really glad you're here today. Can you do that? Oh, okay. Okay, that's pretty good. Now, now to the person behind you or in front of you, can you please tell them, I'm really glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here today, too. Oh, take off my glass and sunglasses. All right, I'm getting instruction from my daughter. Uh, so, real quick, the reason I want you—I wanted to tell you this 
is when I was a young person, like in middle school and high school, a lot of times I struggled with feeling like I didn't really fit in. I don't know if any of y'all have ever had that experience. I felt like I didn't fit in. And one of the things I want you to know in the church, the church is not... Let me just talk about Solana Valley. Solana Valley is not a perfect church for perfect people, okay? It's not. It's not a perfect church for perfect people. Uh, In fact, we are a place for people who are very imperfect, for people like me, because I'm very imperfect. Uh, We're a church that's for people who know they need something like spiritual renewal in their lives and who are seeking that. And for some of us, spiritual renewal comes in, in... kind of a spectacular way. Uh, I remember having this experience as a 16-year-old. And then sometimes spiritual renewal comes to us a little bit at a time, uh, moment by moment, day by day, just in the rhythm of seeking Jesus above all things. And, and, and that's how renewal comes. Renewal comes from seeking Jesus and pursuing him. It doesn't come from seeking and pursuing spiritual renewal. It doesn't even come from praying for spiritual renewal. It comes from actually seeking Jesus and learning to abide in him, meaning resting in his love while loving him, resting in his love while loving others. And, and that's what we want. So I'm just going to lead us in a time of prayer Uh, And then I'm going to turn things over to PC here in just a moment to bring to us today's message. God, today we want to come to you, and we are so grateful for your love for us. We're grateful that you love us even even though we're imperfect, uh, even though we're broken, even though we have places of great pain. And God, we are so grateful because you can take the brokenness and you can take the pain and you can take all of our mistakes and all the things that have ever happened to us and you can recycle all of that for good in our lives. And you can take our brokenness and piece us back together so that we become mosaics uh, of you, of Jesus, and what you're doing in our lives. And, uh, and we are grateful for that. God, we pray today that you would help us to draw near to you and that you would help us to delight in you and seek you above all things. God, this morning, as we hear your word brought to us by PC, I ask you to fill uh, PC with your spirit. Help him to preach with clarity. Help him to preach with boldness. Help him to preach with humility. uh, And help him to convey to us the hope that's in the scriptures. And, Lord, for us, as we listen, help us to be a people. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive, uh, that we would humbly receive the word implanted that is able to save our souls. And I pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen. Am I on? All right. Hello, everybody. I'm going to take this thing off so you can, I have too many things on right now. But let's do it this way. I can see it. All right. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Again, we'll try that again. Uh, I am so glad to be here. I'm always glad to be here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's a, everybody's a hot mess, so 
I mean, welcome, welcome to church. Uh, that's that's where you all belong here when it's when it's like that. Um, so happy to be here uh, with you all again. And um, and while I was not asked to speak on singleness this week, <laughs> I was asked to speak um, just uh, to kind of give Gary a break and. Uh, sometimes that's just really necessary, and um, and I was just asked to speak on whatever God has been teaching me and walking me through lately, and so that's what I come uh, with today. I just want to speak a little bit about where God has been meeting me lately, um, and I have just a few things I want to share with you, with you all, just because when when God meets you in any sort of way, it is not just for you. And sometimes, more often than not, I'm learning that when God meets me in any sort of way, it is meant to be shared. And uh, so I hope that something that I have today uh, from where God has met me is is what you need or what your heart needs today uh, for some reason that I'm not even aware of. Uh, so... Uh, I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 17, so if you want to turn there and meet me in that place, that's where I'm going to start. Before I read, yeah, why don't we, why don't we, why don't I read the passage? I'm going to read this passage just because uh, this is where we've been, and then, uh, and then I'll pray and I'll jump into where God has been uh, meeting me in this place. So uh, it's Matthew chapter 17. Uh, it's just a, a, a Jesus moment that has stuck out to me lately uh, for a specific reason, and I'll, and I'll unpack that. But it's chapter 17, starting in verse 1. Uh, and it says, And after six days Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with them. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Some translations say, do what he says right after that. Verse 8 says, when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and they were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them and saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. I want to show a little bit of something that has stuck out out of this passage because there's so much here. Uh, But let me pray, and then we'll jump in. Jesus, we thank you for an opportunity again to be together. Um, Everything is a mess. Uh... And if we just look around, we know that things are a mess. Uh, we look at our own 
our own lives, our own, uh, even our own homes, or even in our, on my own heart, if I just like, take an honest look at my heart, sometimes it's just a mess. Just a lot going on. Um, but Jesus, I know that you are present and that you are here. And so for a moment, I just ask, God, that you speak to each of us. And I don't know what you have for each of us to hear today. And if it has nothing to do with anything I say, that's the best turnout. Just let us hear you. Let us see you. And let us walk out of here closer to you than we are before we came. Just meet us in this place. And we praise you and we will give you glory forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is a... It's a, it's a crazy story. It's an it's a incredible Jesus story. It's a massive Jesus story. It's full of majesty. It's full of mystery in a lot of ways. There's so much to unpack in just this one moment that happens in this context. And there's, uh, you can unpack all kinds of things. There's, there's the awe and wonder that the disciples have in this moment when they fall on their face in fear because they are in such awe and such wonder. There's the connection that you can make between this story and the story of Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus 24 and 34, where in, there is this connection where, like Moses, Jesus goes up on a mountain. Like Moses, his face shines in the presence of God. Like Moses, a cloud covers the mountain and a symbol of God's presence in that place. And in both accounts, God speaks from the cloud And in this story, though, we move a little bit beyond Moses and the account of Mount Sinai because Moses and Elijah represent the law and the prophets in this moment and their presence in this moment with Jesus and three trusted close people is bearing witness that all of the law and all of the prophets have been fulfilled in Jesus. So there's so much here we can unpack. We were even introduced in this one moment to the fact that Jesus, as the Messiah, was meant to come to this world in order to suffer, and still he is still the Son of God. All of these things, there are tons of things to unpack in this one story. And there's so much that we could spend so much time on, too much to do in one moment today. So I want to focus entirely on what I have to share with you because, again, when God meets you in some any kind of way, it's not just for you. And I want to focus on one word in verse 5, which is to listen. A lot lately and recently, God has been walking me through this idea of listening. Um. I'm going to share with you three things about listening that I'm currently trying to learn. I want to speak briefly about listening to others, listening to Jesus, and listening to the world. So first, I I encourage you, I want to encourage you today with this lesson that I'm trying to learn right now about how to actually listen to other people. It's not that easy, of course, because listening is an art form that we have lost in many parts of our world and society and culture, and as it turns out, my individual life. Most conversations are not really conversations. Uh, many, of our, many of our conversations are really just monologues in which I'm just waiting for your lips to stop. 
so that I can say exactly what I've wanted to say all along. Had you not started talking. Or if they're not monologues, many of our conversations, especially right now, are just debate. Where perhaps I'm listening, but really I'm just listening in order to watch very carefully what you say so that I can catch you in a mistake in order to interpret it, intercept it, and destroy you in return. And neither of these is real listening. And listening is, is something a lot bigger. It's not just a task. It's not just, a, uh, it's not just something that you learn to do with a, with, a, with a basic step-by-step formula. Listening is giving yourself totally to that moment that you're in. Listening takes me being fully present with that person and in that context and in that moment. Listening is my greatest attempt to put myself into another person's mind space, but more importantly, what does it look like for me to put myself in your heart space? If I really want to listen to you, it's because I want to put myself where you are, and it means that I'm not just listening to random words. I'm actually listening to a human person. And many of the most remarkable people that we know in history have been incredible listeners. Even as we look through Scripture, uh, we see remarkable examples of listening. One of my favorites is that you remember the Mary, I mean the mother of Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, it says, Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. She had listened to shepherds speak of angels, meeting them in those places. And the statement that we read mostly at Christmas time is a deep portrayal of what it means to really listen. To hear and to consider all of these things and ponder them in my heart. All of the things that you bring to this moment. I want to consider all of those things and ponder them in my heart. To give myself to that space. But the trouble, of course, is that listening requires a bit of risk. It takes your time. Most of the time, it takes your time at a time when you least have a time. The times when I can at least afford time. And listening takes on the heart space of another person. And when that happens, it means you have to be involved in this moment if I really want to listen to others. I have to be involved in that moment. It means sometimes risking other people's problems, taking on other people's problems when I have enough of my own. Because when you really listen, you open yourself to another person. If you're a good listener, people have the potential to dump on you. I heard one pastor say uh, last year, if we're going to be a bridge to our community, we have to be prepared to be walked on from time to time. So yes, listening requires a pretty good risk. But it's also balanced with an incredible joy when you listen well to other people. Because really listening is an act of love. It is how we really, truly love another person. It's wonderfully human, but I would say it's splendidly Christian to really know how to listen to other people. Listening to another person for more than just knowledge about them is an art form that shows the incredible 
amount of love. And I've spent much of my, uh, I would say, professional life, uh, professional years thinking that, that what I had to offer to others in my leadership and my ministry are a pocket full of answers at the right time. It's what I've learned to think that that is how you become a great leader. It's how you minister well. It's how you are a really good Christian is that you should have all the right answers at the right time. That's how you do it well. And in the last year or so, God has been showing me how wrong I've been. Um, The most I have to offer to others is my listening self. I come to others as I am with all of my ignorance, with all of my weaknesses, and with all of my sinfulness and with all of my fears. I bring all of that to the space that we sit together with. And that's where I really learn how to love well because it's not just my ears and my mouth. It is simply bringing myself to that moment. That's how I listen well to others by being fully present in those times. I'm also learning how to listen to Jesus right now. It's a, it's a, it's a constant learning process. Um, I, this is what God commands on the mountain. He literally says to these few people, this is the commandment that God speaks from the cloud. He says, this is my son. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. And this is what the lucky and favored three who are present on the mountain for this incredible, mysterious, majestic moment, this is what they are commanded to do. The command is not just a poetic moment for us to gawk at, but it's actually a profound truth that we have to see. This is God's self-disclosure. He's, he's presenting himself to his people. And in the opening sentence of Hebrews, it says, In many and various ways God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. Jesus is our point of contact for a personal connection to God. So when he says, listen to Jesus, it is a very important command for us to pay attention to. And then it makes us ask, well, then, okay, how does how does Jesus speak? Because when he is on the mountain and if we were the lucky three to be present, we would know how Jesus speaks because we would physically hear him talk. But we on this other side hear this command and then wonder, well, then how how does he speak? If I want to listen, and if I have to listen, how do I know when he's speaking? And again, to answer that question could be an entire sermon series. How to listen to Jesus could take a long time to really unpack, but to give a few things. We do know Jesus speaks through his word. We know that because we we've see that. We, tr- we can trust that when Scripture is read and when we come to Scripture, it never returns to us void. That's what Isaiah 55 tells us. It never leaves us empty when we come to Scripture with an honest space. And so the question is whether or not I really believe that. Like, really believe that. Do you trust that when you show up in any space to read God's word, that Jesus also shows up to speak? Because that's the real important question for me that I have to constantly 
come to every time I open God's word, just to sit with God's word. Am I just reading words, listening to words, or am I listening to the presence of Jesus? Because it tells us that when you show up to read in Scripture and you show up to his word, Jesus also shows up to speak to your heart and to your spirit. So if so, then we listen to Jesus as breathlessly as Moses listened to God at Sinai. It, it means that we enter that time as open to Jesus as the woman at the well. It means that I marvel at the very reality that Jesus would meet me there at all, like all the townspeople in Luke chapter 4. We have to enter these times when we sit with God's word, when we come together and listen to God's word, when we sit in our own home and read God's word, when I'm sitting at the coffee shop and I open God's word. I have to trust that in those moments I come to it with an openness of Samuel that said, Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. But there's something that distinguishes this form of listening, listening to Jesus, from listening to others. It's the same intentional presence. I intentionally show up. I, I, I want to be fully present in that moment. So when I listen to others and when I listen to Jesus, that intentional presence is still necessary. It's the same intensity and openness where I bring myself open to hear and open to listen. Yes, but the risk, that part is a little bit higher when I listen to Jesus. Because when God told Peter, James, and John to listen to him, he was saying, not just listen, but obey him. Listen to his words, listen to what he says, and obey what he tells you. Do what he says to you. It gets a lot riskier when I don't just have to listen to you, but I have to do something of what you've told me. And that, when I come to Jesus and I listen to what Jesus says, I have to change some things as a result. To listen to Jesus is to be a follower of Jesus. And it is to follow him the way Abraham followed the Lord, where he left everything. He put all of his rights and all of his wishes aside to follow what Jesus and what the God told him to do. Is this the way that you let Scripture speak to you? Is this the way that I allow Scripture to to speak to me and listen. Is this the way that I choose to listen to Jesus when I come to his word? Do I say, speak, Lord, for your servant listens? Or do I say, really, speak, Lord, and I'll think it over? I want you to hear me because this is, if you really listen to Jesus when you come to Scripture, if you can listen to Jesus in Scripture, you have a greater chance of hearing him in your everyday life. If I can come to Scripture with that openness and that intentionality to say, Jesus, just speak to me because I'm listening. If I can do that when I come to God's word, then I am a lot, I'm a lot more likely to hear him in my day to day. It may not be a big vision. This is what is clear here. Um, when Jesus says, you know, rise and have no fear, and then he says, don't go and share the vision with other people. You might not get this vision. These, these were lucky three people who got to see this. 
It may not always be a vision, but it will be Jesus speaking to your heart as truly and as tangibly as anyone you love speaks to your heart. If I can come to Scripture with that openness and to hear Jesus in those moments. And lastly, I, I am learning to listen to the world as well. And I, I mean that in a couple of ways. I've already mentioned that when you, when you read Scripture, God speaks. Jesus speaks in those moments and we can hear him. And that is a wonderful truth. And sometimes even more thrilling than that is to know that God is not imprisoned to a book, even in a book of his own inspiration. God is always speaking. And I'm trying to learn to listen and not be deaf to what he is speaking. But God is constantly speaking to your, to your heart. He pursues us. He's, he comes after us and he's always speaking. But I'm dreadfully deaf in a lot of moments. And the Psalms are pretty clear when it says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. God does not create anything that does not speak of its creator. I'm learning to see Jesus even in my day to day in the nature around me. I mean, every blade of grass speaks of him. Every a powerful wind reminds me of his power. The mountains may remind me of his majesty. And my, my goodness, the waves of the ocean remind me of how relentless he is. It doesn't matter what gets in the way, he's going to keep coming. Every wave keeps coming. He is relentless and he is incredible and he's irresistible like the ocean waves the blanket of stars that go above us sometimes when you can see them when the smoke is gone <laughs> are reminders of how beautiful he is and how expansive he is. And those are just the things that I thought of to write for a moment. But if I miss those things, it's because I'm not listening to the heart of Jesus in my day-to-day and I'm not seeing him in those moments. So listening to the world in the way that his creation speaks of his create speaks of their creator is one way that I'm trying to learn to listen to Jesus in the world and listen to the world in those ways because it shows me Jesus. But as we look at the world around us in our history, not only our history but even our current events, we ought to be listening. Um, God speaks to us through our history and through the things that are happening around us. The cry for freedom by different groups of people in our country is the cry of God to let my people go. And I have to listen to that. Um, From all the places of oppression or enslavement or abuse that happens, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is speaking to a world that would like to forget the humanity of the other people. And he says, let my people go. You've got to make them free. And I'm learning to listen to the immediate spheres of influence in my life. Even if I can't change the entire world, I want to at least listen to the spheres that I navigate every day. This is part of listening to the world around us, listening to the world around me. Can I listen to 
a community when it hurts and it feels broken? Can I listen to the pain of people dying in my local ICU, breathing their last on ventilators in rooms where families can't even be? Can I listen to people who would prefer to hang on to an airplane and fall from the sky than to stay where they were? Those things should stir something in me. They should stir something more than my rights and what I think should be the case. And uh, I have to listen. I have to pay attention. I have to learn to listen in those moments. And I'm trying to learn. Can I learn to listen to people in my community who don't look like me, who are underrepresented and who don't benefit from the systems and the regulations and the provisions that are designed for people who do look like me? I'm missing a large part of what I'm called to do as a Christian and listen well if I can't listen to those moments. And Jesus was once asked, one of my, probably my, one of my favorite stories of Jesus, he was once asked, of all the commandments, what is the best? What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said that the most important, the greatest commandment, is that you would love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, and all of your strength, and that you would love your neighbor as yourself. And I am learning that one of the most loving acts, if not the most loving action, is learning to listen well. Listening to God so that I could love him with everything I have listening to my neighbors so that I can love them like I want to be loved myself. The question is not whether I can fix those broken things. That's not the question, and that's not the commandment that's in this moment. The commandment is not go and fix the world. The commandment is listen. So the question is listening. Am I listening to the world around me? Um, uh Only by listening can I really truly love other people. Am I listening to Jesus? Because only by listening can I really love Jesus like I say I do. And only by listening do I really love the world around me like Jesus loves the world around me. But I have to learn to listen well. And that's going to mean putting aside some things. And it's going to require a risk. Um, It's not been an easy learning process the last uh, I would say this has been like the last year and trying to navigate that and trying to learn to do it well like Jesus has commanded me to uh, keeps requiring something of me and it keeps requiring me to set aside some things that I'd like to really hold on to Um, and that uh, that has been the risk that has been worth it every time it's worth it every time for me to look more like Jesus when I walk away from those moments than I did before I stepped into those moments. Um, and I, ho- I hope that 
I hope that for this church in this community. I hope that Fairfield looks different because of the way you listen and the way that you love. I hope that uh, our state begins to look a little bit different, not because of how we voted, but because of how we listened and how well we have loved the people around us. I, I hope that. I, I hope that more of us would come to that moment where it's like, Jesus, just speak to me because your servant listens. And I love, I love you, and I want to love others well. Show me what I'm supposed to do. Um, and that's a risky prayer, but it has been worth the risk every time. I'm done. I'm going to pray. <laughs> Jesus, thank you again for another opportunity to be with uh, this family. Uh, I do, uh, my heart connects here. My heart feels welcome here. This feels like a place that you have given a little bit of home for me and for my family, and so I I thank you for that. Uh, And because of that, I also ask that you would continue to guide us. Uh, As a Solano Valley family, that you would guide us because we're here, We want to hear from you. And when we hear from you, when we listen to you, we will obey what you've called us to do. So so speak to our hearts in the ways that we need to hear you. And again, we want to give you praise. We want to give you glory and honor forever. And we want to love others well because that's what you told us to do. So show us how. uh, And we will give you praise. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. PC, thank you so much. That was uh, just what I think uh, we needed to hear. Emphasis on the word here. <laughs> and, uh, and Tanya and Briley and Haddison, it's wonderful to have you back as well. Thank you for being here. Before we uh, close out our service, here today, uh, I would like to invite the Squires family to join us on stage. Um, so ladies, if you would join uh, your husband, dad, over here, and I'd like for my girls to come over here. <laughs> Katie, I'm going to ask you to come up too, if you don't mind. Um, so, uh, here, I'll get a little, sorry. So, um, this is, for now, uh, the Squire's last Sunday with us. Um, Jason, as you know, has been leading worship here for uh, several months now. And, um, you know, when I got sick uh, in, in late, uh, late last year, um, a commitment that Jason had on Sunday mornings was coming to an end. And so when it was clear that I was going to be out for a while, um, he was able to step in and, 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 and serve and lead. Some people would call that a coincidence. I call it the sovereignty of God. And I want this. This won't be their last Sunday with us. Uh, I, I will be inviting him back from time to time to lead. 
we're going to be out of town next weekend, so we have uh, Peter Newman coming next weekend, and then after that, I'll be able to begin leading on a regular basis. So I'm looking forward to that. And I just want to say to you, sir, and you ladies, thank you. Thank you for how you have um, loved um, and led uh, this church, and thank you for how you have Can we cut the camera feed? <laughs> Thank you for how you... It's, I asked them to be up here because you've not only loved and served our church, but you've been there for our family too. And I can't tell you how comforting it was through those months to know that we were in good hands, that we were okay, <laughs> going to be okay. So um, uh, I just want to say thank you. And, and we as a church, we want to say thank you. And we've got something special here. I, I heard that your favorite colors are teal and yellow. So we took care of this. That is for you, uh, for Casey, and then for Hannah and Olivia. And Madeline, all right. <laughs> we have some special gifts for you. Oh, that's amazing. So let's go ahead and hand them over. <laughs> Is this not the cutest scene you've ever seen before? <laughs> I feel like I'm in a Hallmark movie. Um, so, but seriously, we want to say how, how much we love you. And and we want you to know that um, Jason's going to go back to uh, leading worship in other churches uh, on a regular basis like he did for a long time. And we will be bringing him back from time to time. But wherever your journeys take you, uh, we want you to know that uh, you will always be a treasured and valued a part of our SBC family. So thank you so much. We love you so much. Thank you. Okay, ladies, you can. Uh, your, your dad and I are going to wrap this up here. Oh, thank you. You guys are awesome. I don't know if you know that or not, um, but if you don't, let it be known. You guys are amazing. And as Matt said, you guys have, uh, I, I want to say from us as a Squires family, you guys have loved on us in a season that we didn't even know was coming. Um, and... As Matt said, it's one of those things where it's like it's not a coincidence that things crossed at the exact same time. Um, we had some health issues going on earlier this year, and you guys um, loved on us in that season, loved on us in this whole process. And uh, I am just excited that you're healthy. Yeah, and it's, we serve an amazing God. So as we finish up this morning, why don't we all stand up together? Um, as we sing.
nothing can separate even if I ran away your love never fails I know I still make mistakes but you have new mercies for me every day your love never fails you say the same through the ages your love never changes there may be pain in the night joy comes in the morning
Amen. You guys have a great week. Gracias. <laughs> no? What?